first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. Welcome to Running Hot, Action Network's motorsports betting podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race at Kansas was won by Tyler Reddick, who used four fresh tires to pull away from team owner Denny Hamlin to take the win and lock Reddick into the next round of the playoffs. That gives 23-11 plus their team owner, Denny Hamlin, all four of the Kansas victories in the next-gen car. Little fun fact there. Eric Jones did make the two-tire strategy at the end of the race there work to round out the top three. So, Stevie, I enjoyed Kansas. I enjoyed the first Kansas a lot. Still enjoyed the second Kansas. I assume you thought the racing was pretty good as well. Yeah, racing was fantastic. I think... We were on it last week when we were so heavy on the Toyotas in general. They were really fast. I think Kyle Larson was one of the best cars, and Cliff Daniels' pit strategy probably cost him a win. Okay, cost him at least a contention for the win because he had the best car early. He had really good long-run speed, and they stayed out when everyone came in and got tires at one point and just cost him. I mean, he was playing catch-up the rest of the day. Good to see Chase Elliott actually have speed, not just run good, had speed. So something to note there is, you know, Chase Elliott is someone we'll be watching here throughout the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, good for Tyler Reddick. And Denny, like, I know Denny's bummed that he didn't win that race. But like, if you're going to lose, if you're Denny Hamlin, you want to lose to Reddick or Bubba Wallace. And I think that that kind of excites him a little bit. But yeah, I mean, let's bring back more 1.5s. This car is great with the 1.5s. There was passing. There was racing for leads. The only thing is, you know, we we go to a track this weekend where we have a completely different mindset, and that's the only difference between Kansas and Bristol for me. Yeah, I agree. Kansas was a great race, and you know, I was really happy with my Chase Elliott thirty to one outright. I also had his top ten at plus one forty, so glad I cashed the top ten. Honestly, Chase Elliott may have had one of the best cars if he was able to keep that clean air once he had the fresh tires. He also did that stay out strategy and led some laps and then eventually got passed because he was on older tires for the end of that stage there. And then on that stage caution, when they took four tires, he lost five spots. So it was unfortunate for him because I think if he was able to maintain that top two or three after that sequence of pit stops, he really could have contended for the win as well. But if your pit crew costs you five spots and you fall down to eighth or ninth and then some people stay out, it's just too hard to to make up the ground, even at mile and a half where there's a lot better ability to pass than some of these other tracks. So unfortunate there for Chase Elliott, unfortunate for Martin Truex Jr. who blew a tire first couple laps into the race. We'll talk about Bristol, of course, tough track for him. But Steve, you want to get real quick your thoughts on the playoff picture? I mean, I think Truex is in trouble. The regular season champion is below the cut line at one of his worst tracks. 
And what's crazy is he's had speed here. It's just he doesn't have, like, finishes. So maybe he can put together a full race. I Like, we'll talk about Bristol in a second, but the Bristol race last year was the wildest Bristol race I've ever seen in my life. There was tires blowing. There was people losing power steering. It was, like, the real first, like, hard test on the new car, and it failed miserably. So we'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, I mean, I think Truex is in trouble. Below the cut line, I think below the cut line, good racetrack for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Do I think he can win potentially, you know, steep tracks? Is he going to have the raw speed to win? Probably not. Not a great track for Michael McDowell. So I think he's in big trouble. And I think Bubba Wallace has the best chance, even over Martin Truex Jr., to win this race that's below the cut line. So it should be very interesting overall. I hate it for Truex because I feel like that's just how how it goes. But man, like when you have a season that Truex have and you might get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, he's going to be the bracket buster. We use that term a lot in March Madness, but I mean, I don't see how many, if anyone, has Truex getting knocked out in the first round because I know he wasn't even close for me with his point advantage. And I think like he's in a legit area where he might actually get knocked out. He needs a very clean race. He needs stage points and he needs a solid finish to even have a chance this week. Yeah. I think inevitably somebody will have problems. So if Truex is able to keep it clean, I still feel pretty good about his chances to get through. The issue of course is keeping it clean. It is very hard to do at Bristol and Truex has had some awful luck here, but I think if he keeps it clean, you know, maybe a Harvick or a Logano or a Bell or a Busher or a Chastain or a Kyle Busch in front of him, maybe one of those guys has a problem and he's able to leapfrog them in the point standings, which would get him out of being under the cut line and back over the cut line there. So very interesting playoff scenario as we head into Bristol. Bristol is just over a half mile concrete Steeply banked true ovals, so 180-degree turns at each end, concrete track. Track changes throughout the race, so uh, Stevie, obviously, we love Bristol. What can the the fans expect from racing at Bristol? Expect the unexpected, right? This is one of those racetracks that is one of the hardest racetracks to predict because, like you said, it changes so much. I'm up here enjoying this very nice Tennessee weather And the weather looks fantastic, which, I mean, that's always a concern at Bristol this time of year is, you know, are we going to have a a Sunday day race instead of a Saturday night or night race? But the weather looks fantastic, knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't really comp anywhere. Yeah, Dover is a concrete track, but it's a mile. You could use Dover. You could use some steep track data. We're using intermediate package, but like downforce isn't as much at Bristol as drivability. So, I mean... Bristol is so unique, and that's what makes Bristol great, right? It's such a unique racetrack. It's really even hard to look at last year because there was so much stuff that happened. I think like five or six people lost power steering. We had so many right rear tires have issues. We tested a new tire here a few months ago, a couple weeks ago, a few months ago. It was it was recently. It was Blaney, Gibbs, and Chastain. So, you know, we got a new tire test, new right side tires, when you're building building out like your betting card, just know like variance is, is something that you have to kind of incorporate into your thought process this week. Because, I mean, I could tell you who I think is going to be fast. We're going to do that when we're talking about bets. But just because someone's fast doesn't mean they're going to win at Bristol. And we see that a lot when it comes to this racetrack. 
Yeah, definitely at Bristol, we see that a lot. Um, when I build out my models, I build out a statistical model to predict, you know, finishing position orders and all that stuff for every race. Aside from the super speedways, Bristol is the lowest predictable race by a statistical model. So it has the worst fit outside of super speedways in, in Atlanta, the, the pseudo speedway, as I call it. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Bristol has the next worst fit. So you got to account for the variance. So I will have a long shot bet in here as we get through our picks for sure. And for me, it's a lot of baking in Bristol track history to kind of handicap it because people that are good at Bristol are good at Bristol. And it's really hard to pull in that other stuff. You can pull in, like you said, some steep track stuff, maybe Homestead, Darlington, Dover. I also like to pull in Richmond just because of how the track changes. I found Richmond actually has a very high correlation and average running position with Bristol. And that's actually what led me to Chris Busher, 125 to 1 winner last year at Bristol. I was on Chris Busher because of how well he performed at Dover and Richmond specifically. I feel like those two kind of average out to Bristol in some ways. And both of them, the track changes a lot throughout the race, just like Bristol. So mostly Bristol track history, baking a little steep track, baking in a little track changing. And you could throw Bristol dirt in there as well if we want to talk about tracks that change a lot. I don't mind pulling in just a little bit of that as well if you really want to kind of get a full picture. But that is the Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway. So it is time to dive into the bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Bristol. That's four turns, one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. So time to throw the green flag on the night race, one of the crown jewels of the NASCAR season. Let's dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, you're taking the green flag. Take us into turn one. I mean, I've been on this guy all year, so might as well not stop now, right? I'm going to go Bubba Wallace, top 10, it's plus 150. You got to shop this line. It's anywhere from even money to plus 150. So make sure you're shopping this one. I think this is a fantastic line if you like value. And I love value when it comes to Bristol. This was a top five, top three car last year for the first you know 150 laps. Power steering issue. And obviously, we can't predict if we're going to have the same type of issues. You hope that the teams in NASCAR have found a solution to the power steering issue with the new car at Bristol. And I think if we don't have issues, Bubba Wallace competing for a win. Yeah, stage points are going to matter. But like, if there's an opportunity for them to be aggressive to gain track position, where he's at in points, he needs to win this race. So I think they're going to put him on the strategy to try to win this race, which also leads really good to a top 10 finish for him. I don't know if he'll necessarily have the speed to win, but I do think he'll have the speed to compete for a top 10. I think he'll have the speed to compete for a top five. And we know like the intermediate speed for the Toyotas have been solid this season. So I'm going to go Bubba Wallace top 10 here at plus 150 as my turn one pick. Yeah, Bubba Wallace, 12 fastest laps last year before a lot of the issues. He's, you know, he did run a bunch of laps down after that race. So a lot of it is pretty unrepresentative. But Bubba Wallace has picked up some fastest laps in each of the last three Bristol races, even when, you know, it was that first year of 2311 before the next gen car. They weren't quite up to speed. And then also his last year at what was then Richard Petty Motorsports before it came Petty GMS before it became Legacy Motor Club. So, yeah, it's definitely turned into a track that's pretty solid for Bubba Wallace. For my turn one pick, I'm going to take Chris Busher. In a head-to-head matchup over the guy we've been talking about who's not great here, Martin Truex Jr. 
at minus 110. And again, shout outs to the Action Network Discord for turning me on to this pick. I had taken Kevin Harvick over Martin Truex Jr. at minus 115 odds. And then somebody messaged me in the Action Network Discord about that. And I totally just overlooked it. You know, it was one of those things, NFL season starting, and I didn't check every single place for every single line, and I love this line. You know, for me, obviously we get the defending race winner, but for me, Chris Buescher is running as good, if not better than Kevin Harvick right now, and based off how he's done at similar tracks this season and how he did at Bristol last year, he might run just as good as Kevin Harvick, if not better here. I'm not saying he will, but he should at least be in that conversation with running as good as Harvick. And if you like Harvick over Truex, I think you have to like Busher over Truex. Harvick is 12-1, and by the way, versus Truex head-to-head on the Bristol concrete over the last 13 races. That's how much bad luck Truex has also had, but also how not great he has run in comparison. And I think Chris Buescher can compare right up there with Kevin Harvick. Yeah, I mean, if we look at early speed before Truex had issues last year, he was outside the top 10 in overall speed. Chris Buescher was inside the top five in speed in that same time period. If we look at recent speed, I mean, who's to say that Chris Buescher is not right there with Truex as far as recent speed too? So, I mean, it's been a phenomenal year for Truex. Part of me wants Truex to put a whole race together, but I don't know if he's going to be competing for a win. And I think Busher has top five upside. Even like Keselowski was fantastic here last year as well. Both of those cars were really good. Keselowski had the opportunity to win the race and had a tire go down late in the race. So, I mean, yeah, I have no issues. I like Busher a lot. We're going to be talking, talking Fords throughout the podcast this week, which, you know, not something we've been able to do here recently. Yeah, definitely. And I like Brad Kozlowski a lot too. I couldn't believe he opened eight to one. I was like, man, this is a guy I want to get on for betting. And then he opens eight to one. So unfortunately not able to to pay that price on Brad Kozlowski. But I do like Chris Bush over Martin Truex Jr. for my turn one pick. So quick track here, Stevie. Very fast into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, what do you got for us in turn two, Stevie? Yeah, turn one, turn two, so connected here at Bristol. <laughs> That's actually where I watch the race. I watch the race in turn nice. one and two. I'm a, my favorite spot to watch really any race that I go to when I'm traveling. But anyway, getting sidetracked, Nick, I'm going to take a little bit of a risky bet here in turn two. You know, getting out of turn two with the PJ1, a little risky. So I'm going to go Ryan Blaney over Kyle Busch. There is no statistics to back this whatsoever. Kyle Busch is the much better, much better driver at Bristol. So just wanted to start with that. This was plus money when I got it last night. It's moved a little bit, but I still like it. I don't like it as much. But anyway, all that aside, Ryan Blaney just got a whole day of testing at Bristol with this tire. And you're going to hear me talk about this with the other drivers as well, Chastain and Ty Gibbs. Kyle Busch cannot avoid an issue right now. They just are getting so unlucky. Not a great racetrack for Blaney. He always qualifies well here. He's always got that raw speed. The fact that they got to kind of test this setup and tire is huge. I think they're going to come in with a advantage coming into this race. So I'm going to play the gut bet here. Ryan Blaney over Kyle Busch minus 110. I know the risk. I know Kyle is better than Blaney here. I know Kyle has the potential to even win this race. I am just playing the everything data-wise is going to tell you Kyle Busch. So I'm playing Ryan Blaney kind of card here. 
I love it. Hey, and that's the thing you love about this podcast. If you're listening, Stevie says there is no data to back this up. So he's telling you this is not just a data based handicapping show, podcast, pick. We have our gut feels. We have our other little pieces of evidence we want to lean on. So I love it. I think that's that's super interesting. Speaking of Kyle Busch, real quick, in my article that's out at actionnetwork.com for my NASCAR pick this week, I noted that Kyle Busch, while he is fantastic at Bristol, he either has finished inside the top five or 20th or worse in every Bristol start since 2014. So very much a boom or bust option, Kyle Busch this weekend. So Stevie going with Ryan Blaney over Kyle Busch in this matchup. I'm going to head to a matchup as well in turn two, but I'm going to take two drivers on the outside of the playoff cut line who are in the playoffs, but outside of the cut line looking at, I'm going to take Ricky Stenhouse Jr. over Michael McDowell. And simply put, this is a Ricky Stenhouse Jr. track. I know he hasn't had the results as much since he has been with JTG versus when he was with Roush Racing back in the day. You know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was putting up, I think he got a second place finish, several top six finishes. He had a fourth place in there, all at Bristol. But, you know, this is still a great track for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He ran really well at Dover. So, you know, some of these similar tracks ran well at Richmond before he had some issues there, especially in that first Richmond race. So a lot of the similar tracks, similar driving style, this fits Ricky Stenhouse Jr. a whole lot better than it fits Michael McDowell. You know, even that first race with JTG, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. basically had all of his Roush career averages at Bristol in his first race with JTG. And then since then, he's had early DNS. So I can't really say that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is gotten worse at Bristol or something. He just has had incidents in pretty much every Bristol race. But that first Bristol race with JTG before issues there, he really just ran his Roush averages. So I'm going to take Ricky Stenhouse Jr. minus 115 over Michael McDowell. Yeah, I mean, I typically will lean towards the guys that have dirt background at Bristol because of how much the track changes, the multiple grooves. The PJ1 comes in and then the top line comes in and then both lines are doing good. So drivers that can ride both lines and typically like dirt background drivers, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Tyler Red, like these guys are really good at this racetrack. So Stenhouse is in that category. Just don't want issues. If we look at the speed with the intermediate package alone, Michael McDowell has struggled so much with this package. He was outside the top 15 in speed, finished 11th last year, just avoided the issues. So if Stenhouse avoids the issues and McDowell avoids the issues, I expect Stenhouse to have more speed. So I like this head to head. Yeah, and it's all about handicapping the speed on this one. Stenhouse, of course, has had more issues than McDowell recently. But, you know, that could just be small sample size, variance, etc. So Ricky Stenhouse Jr. over Michael McDowell, my turn to pick. So we got to head down this short backstretch. And before we dive into turn three, I want to remind everyone, Running Hot is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are ready to dive here into turn three. 
I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, it's turn three, Stevie, at Bristol Motor Speedway in the night race. What do you got for us? I don't typically go to juiced bets when it comes to a top 10, but I, I did like this line. It's Ross Chastain minus 120 for a top 10. He was a top 10 car here all race last year, and I think he ended up finishing sixth or seventh in that race. So good type of racetrack. We know that Ross Chastain is better on these steep racetracks just in general. And Nick, he got to do the tire test. This team and organization as a whole has been struggling to find the raw speed. The fact that they got to test the tire, I say test the tire. Let's be honest. They were testing setups. They weren't testing the tire. All three teams that were here were testing the setups of the cars. They could give two craps about Goodyear's tire because, you know, (laughs) Goodyear's tire is going to change no matter what, let's be honest. But the fact that Chastain got to do the test here, had top 10 speed last year. I don't mind paying a little juice for this top 10. I like this one for 1.2 units to try to win a full unit. And I, I think Chastain should have top 10 speed. If he doesn't have any issues, I think this is one that we just kind of take advantage of not being like minus 150. Yeah, I, I love it. I think I'm going to tell you on this bet in particular. You know, obviously the team has been down on speed, but Chastain made the most of that finish at Darlington, which if you want to, you know, go similar tracks, that's kind of in the steep track mold. And Ross Chastain has been fantastic at Bristol. Finished sixth last year when he was with Chip Ganassi racing in 2021. He finished 14th here, which is a pretty solid finish for that team, all things considered. Second in his most recent Xfinity full-time season, Bristol finish. So this is a very good track for Ross Chastain. And now the fact that they get that testing time, I'm going to tell you on this bet, Ross Chastain, top 10, minus 120. We're in turn three, so I always got to go with this guy in turn three if I like him. And that is the number three car of Austin Dillon. I'm going to take Austin Dillon for a top 10 finish at eight to one. I wrote this up at actionnetwork.com. And I just really, 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 really like the value in this bet. So I talked about how Kyle Busch was boomer bust here. Kyle Busch's teammate, Austin Dillon, is boomer bust here. Over the last 11 Bristol races, Austin Dillon has either finished inside the top 15 or he was unable to complete the race with a DNF. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he has a top 15 rate of eight of the last 11. And, you know, some of those were, were top 10s, of course, as well. And in fact, over his whole career, he's been good at Bristol. He's only had one race where he didn't have major issues, where he didn't also finish inside the top 15. So one just kind of mediocre race, every other race, either inside the top 15 or major issues. Plus, he has one of the best ever to do it at Bristol Motor Speedway as his teammate, Kyle Busch here. So it's eight to one, right? Like if we just look at Austin Dillon's career top 10 rate at Bristol, that long-term rate would equate to plus 433 as fair odds. So eight to one, just just way too long for Austin Dillon top 10. Yeah, I felt so good last week about getting the seven to one top 10 and then him having a ton of speed in in qualifying. And then I think it, it finished at like plus 220 for a top 10. So like I felt great about the value that we got last week. Again, Austin Dillon is going to be testing stuff. We saw it last week. They were testing low tire pressures and trying to push the issue. They had a lot of speed. I don't think you have to, you know, test the lower tire pressure here. Yeah, short track racing, typically you want lower tire pressure to maintain your grip and stuff. But Bristol's just Bristol, man. There's just 
it's not a flat Martinsville where, you know, you need all the grip in the world. You just need consistent speed at Bristol and you need to avoid issues. If you avoid issues, there are going to be, I mean, eight to 15 cars that are going to have issues in this race throughout the race, whether it be pit road, whether it be a tire, whether it be something with the steering, whether it be just hitting the wall, like there's going to be eight to 15 cars that have issues in this race. So Austin Dillon top 10, eight to one. Again, this is one that I would jump on early because if he does test something and hit on something, you know, last week we, we talked about it a lot with these drivers that are big time top 10 odds. You only needed to pay, like paying out, you know, every six or seven time to profit on these larger top 10s. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about it earlier at the top of the show, the randomness at Bristol, hard to predict. That lends itself to taking a couple shots here. So I certainly yeah. don't mind an eight to one bet on Austin Dillon. We got one turn to go here. That is turn four. I think four is going to be kind of the theme of this turn, looking at our, our bet prices here. So let's roll into turn four. I'm Connor Daly, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, Stephen Young, make sure you give us a good one here in turn four. I didn't even do it on purpose. Um, I I see what you're saying. So this is a little bit of a hedge for me. I have outrights on Keselowski and I have outrights on Harvick already this week. And this is just a hedge. I'm going to take Chris Buescher top four plus 425. I think if Keselowski and Harvick aren't winning the race, I think, you know, Buescher has the opportunity to be up there in the mix, you know, we saw him so good here last year and it was speed. It wasn't in the right place at the right time kind of thing. He was fast all day. He was a top five car here last year and it just was overall fast. He ranked third in green flag speed here last year and just throughout the race was really, really strong, good pit crew. And this is just kind of what Roush Fenway Keselowski racing is right now. They are consistent they are not making mistakes and they are bringing speed to the racetracks. They used the 10 races last year at the end of the season to hit on stuff and they've done it better than any Ford. You know, Roush Fenway Keselowski racing right now is ahead of Penske for me. Logano continues to struggle. Ryan Blaney has speed because Ryan Blaney is just a really talented race car driver. Austin Sindrick and a Penske car can't crack the top 20 right now. So looking at Roush Fenway Keselowski, Knowing that I have outrights on Harvick and Keselowski, I'm using this top forward bet as a little bit of a hedge to my two outrights. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a nice way to kind of get some exposure to Chris Buescher when you're on a couple of these other forwards in, in various different markets as well. And it is a hedge, but you know, it's I think it's a plus EV hedge. It's one of those where like it's still value on its own, even though it becomes a natural hedge to a couple of your other bets as well. And those are the best kinds of hedges when you can get that plus EV hedge to your other plus EV bet. So plus 425, you heard the four there. I'm going to have a four to one top manufacturer bet as well for my turn four pick. And that is Tyler Reddick to finish as the top Toyota. Now you mentioned uh, the, these dirt drivers that typically do well at Bristol. That certainly fits Tyler Reddick. Dirt background, really good at these steep tracks. He's always been great at Darlington and Homestead, but he's been pretty solid at Bristol as well. So, you know, uh, the other thing is obviously if we're looking at the Toyota camp, we've got Ty Gibbs, a rookie, or sorry, yeah, I mean, technically a rookie, but kind of in his second year now that he's run a full technically 36 plus races in this car. But then, you know, we have Bubba Wallace. We should we expect him to be good, but Martin Truex Jr. a little bit down 
at Bristol, as we've talked about. And then Denny Hamlin and Chris Bell should both be really strong here. But that, for me, means Tyler Reddick is third in the pecking order in the Toyotas for me. So four to one when there's only six Toyotas, just a little bit too long. Tyler Reddick in his rookie year with Richard Childress Racing finished fourth in this track, showed a lot of speed, backed it up the next year in 2021. Didn't have quite the same finish, but still really strong for running into issues last year. But I mean, just looking at the Xfinity series in his last full-time season, Xfinity first place finish at Bristol, second place finish at Bristol. So just a really, really strong track here for Tyler Reddick. And love that dirt background. One thing I did want to mention around your Chris Buescher top Ford bet, a guy with a dirt background we didn't mention. Not really a bonus pick, but a bonus like driver to keep your eye on. Chase Briscoe. Very interested in trying to get exposure to him this week. I have not been able to do that yet. Keep looking at various markets. I even looked at him at like top qualifier and he ended up getting bet down before I could decide I wanted to bet on him as fast as qualifier. But really like Chase Briscoe with that dirt background as well. Great track for him. And he's picked up the speed in this intermediate package as well. But my turn for pick, Tyler Reddick, four to one top Toyota. Thoughts there, Stevie? Yeah, it's interesting with Reddick winning last week. My only concern to this, and it's not true, X or Gibbs, my only concern to this is the focus for 2311 is going to be Bubba Wallace this week. Is Tyler Reddick going to have a different setup than Wallace to see just kind of what type of speed they can have in practice? With this new car, it's not like you can run one setup and then just change everything over before the race and how they do like practice qualifying tech issues now. So that would be my only concern for Tyler Reddick is he's a test car for Bubba Wallace this week. How many times have we said though, just because you're testing something doesn't mean that it's going to be wrong. So I just, you know, it's just one of those things where you look at how the Toyota is set up with Reddick. I would definitely put Reddick as probably third in the Toyota camp behind Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell. I'd put Bell probably first just because I, I do think this is a good track for Bell. They can't just, you know, stop having issues. <laughs> they switch pit crews and I, I just don't know if they're like, hey, it's a 20 car. We're going to mess up on pit road. So I think that overall I like this because I do think he's ahead of Gibbs. I do think he's ahead of Truex. If I had to pick heads up Bubba Wallace or Reddick, I would pick Reddick. So I do like where you're going with this. We have to remember there's only six Toyotas this year. You know, next year we're going to see the Toyota field expand, but there's only six of them. So, and if you're thinking he's ahead of three and you're getting it at four to one, you're really liking your odds. Yeah, and and remember. Ty Gibbs did test here, so they're going to get that setup information from Ty Gibbs as well. You know, they're all the whole Toyota camp right now. They're all teammates effectively. So, you know, they're going to get that information to work with. Tyler Reddick might be able to try something else in practice and they'll end up finding something. Hopefully that works. And if they don't, they can always just go back to what they've known works that they'll be using on Bubba Wallace anyway for Tyler Reddick here. So still like the value here at four to one. But that is a lap around Bristol Motor Speedway. So there is only one thing left to do, and that is drive into victory lane. So Stevie, give us the victory lane pick. All right. He hasn't won yet. It's his farewell season forever. <laughs> Let's go to Kevin Harvick here this week for victory lane. He's 11 to 1. Shop this around. You know, some places have moved this. And I really like the 11 to 1 line that we're getting here. You and I were, were chatting before. I don't even hate maybe even going down to 10 to 1 on Harvick. Because I do, I, I think that Kevin Harvick, if he doesn't have any issues, 
he wins this race. This is a really good racetrack for him. What was it? Two years ago, Chase Elliott kind of messed him up for winning a race. Last year, they you know tripped over themselves and had issues when he had he had top three speed last year in this race. So can they avoid the issues is always the thing. But I mean, Nick, we could talk about all 36 drivers avoiding issues. That's Bristol. So you have to take that part of it out of your brain when you're looking at outrights and just say, hey, I'm betting on speed that has a little bit of value. I mean, a lot of the drivers that are going to be fast are priced right on the books this week. Books are on it this week. So I like Kevin Harvick at 11 to 1. And I really just, I want to be there for Kevin Harvick's last win. So I'm hoping that he wins this weekend and we see him end Bristol the way that he should. I mean, this has been a really good racetrack for him throughout his career. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm right there with you. I think this is my favorite outright on the board right now at current prices. You know, last year, like you said, they tripped over themselves. They were still in the mix there to get that race win late in the race at Bristol before a, a caution came out. Inexplicably, they decided to pit for tires and just couldn't end up working their way back forward. But Harvick was running inside that top two or three there at the end. And before that, before last year, his last two finishes are first and second. So very strong track for Kevin Harvick. They've been running really well recently and expect him to run well once again this week. But that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Bass Pro Shops Night Race episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400 at Texas Motor Speedway. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.